Hi, this is Chris Foreman from Madness, and you're listening to the Stateside Madness podcast. <laughs> Hi there, folks out there. I'd like you to meet Tommy McGuire's combo. Hello, and welcome to the Stateside Madness podcast, the one and only podcast of the official Madness American fan service. I'm Lori, along with my co-host Polly, here to bring you news, reviews, and deep dives into the nutty sound of the British pop band Madness. Hello and welcome back to the Stateside Madness, a very special one today. It's our fan interaction episode. I'm Polly. And I'm Lori. And we've got some special guests here in the studio with us today. We're going to get to them in just a few minutes. But first, the communicator. Right. And first up on the communicator, a very, very special reissue. The Rise and Fall is going to be reissued on a very heavy 180 gram vinyl. So look for that. That's going to be out on June 26th. Lori, what do you got? Well, um, I just wanted to give a shout out to our friends at the NXS Access All Areas podcast. Uh, they mentioned us in a recent episode. That was episode 51 called NXS Raw and Rare. And it was a really interesting episode. So the entire episode was about NXS's early days when they started out as a ska band. And you guys have heard me say this before that NXS used to be a ska band. Um, but in this episode, one of the hosts, Hayden, was talking about how NXS was heavily influenced by the British ska movement of the late 70s and early 80s, of which Madness was an integral part. And I, just before we, we introduce our guest, I'd like to play for, for you about 30 seconds of one of their older songs so you guys can hear what I was talking about. Um, this is a song on NXS's first album. It's called Doctor, and you can really hear the ska influence here. I'm sure we'll get that by next week. I be a doctor. I couldn't be a lawyer. I couldn't be a scientist. I couldn't be an armor fishing in the daylight. I couldn't be a doctor. I couldn't be a lawyer. I couldn't be a scientist. I couldn't be an armor fishing in the daylight. I couldn't be a doctor. Yeah, I couldn't be All right, so Chris, what time is it? Showtime.
and legs apart and tell us all of your fortunate story. Uh-huh. Yes, you, sir. Well, I was an innocent man who someone crossed me on the plane of earning some big money. Okay, so, so let's start by having everybody, if you could introduce yourself. Usually we just do first name, um, where, where you are. And um, also then if you could kind of indicate how did you discover madness? Okay, hi. I'm Maria and I'm in Chicago. Lori and I are colleagues at Wright College. Uh, and thankfully we're on the same floor and our offices are close to each other. So we get to uh, interact and talk frequently, thankfully. Uh, so I'm, um, I first got introduced to madness uh, in about 1979 when I was a senior in high school. I had a British neighbor and he was introducing me to uh, new wave bands, ska bands, and it was like nothing I have ever heard of before. And so I fell in love with ska. I think it really, the tempo really resonated with me. Um, and uh, then I started going to the punk and new wave clubs in Chicago, and it was a lot easier to get a fake ID back then than it is now. <laughs> so, so, uh, and, so I was there. They were playing ska, um, and dancing was wonderful back, you know, back at that time. So, that's how I got into madness. Very cool. And, and yeah, Maria and I, we're on the same floor of the college. And so usually the, the loud music is coming from my office, not so much hers, but um, so uh, Megan, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about how you discovered madness? All right. Oh, <laughs> I'm a bit nervous. Um, wow. 1979 though. That's awesome. Okay. Um, uh, my name is Megan. I'm from Clarkston, Michigan, and um, my story of getting into madness is is a little bit of a long one. So uh, get ready. <laughs> so um, so I knew about madness for a long time because of like you know our house and stuff. Everyone knows it in America. It's like in our DNA. <laughs> and um, actually, I remember one time I was at uh, the Royal Diner, and we were me and my family were eating, and I our house was on and I remember like googling it and, and I'm like oh okay and then yeah just forgot about it until last year when um I was looking at this uh translation thread of this the opening to this uh anime Japanese cartoon uh called Kaguya-sama Love is War and I saw it in one part in the opening at the one minute mark exactly um, four characters like do this like funny looking walk and people thought it was Scooby-Doo. Um, why? I don't know. But it said in the translation from the director of the opening that it was actually a reference to uh, these early 1980s Honda City commercials. And it mentioned madness. And the guy said, um, anyone over 30 or 40 will understand this reference. <laughs> and I'm like oh madness i'm like yeah yeah yeah. they're like a ska band aren't they because i had done a little research about ska and all that but i never really dove in because it wasn't much of an interest to me so i looked up the commercial and i'm like oh man this is a good song so um i downloaded uh in the city <laughs>
And yeah, so I like that song. A few months later, I was watching, oh, nail truck passed by. I was watching a video called Top 10 Two Hit Wonders by Crash Thompson. And at number four was Madness. And I'm like, oh, hey, it's these guys again. And as I was watching it, he was playing the music videos for Our House and It Must Be Love. And I'm like, dang, the singer is pretty cute. <laughs> <laughs> and I was looking in the comments and someone mentioned, hey, you don't watch that, watch this. And I'm like, wait, I've heard that before. I watch a YouTuber who at the beginning of her videos, she has the hey you bit. I'm like, wait, I know that. And so I literally typed into YouTube, hey, you don't watch that, watch this. And it brought up One Step Beyond and I clicked on it. I'm like, first thing I thought, I'm like, oh my God, this is the most late 70s thing I've ever seen. And uh, I fell in love. So that was a bit lengthy, but there, there that is. That's so cool. And you're probably the first person that discovered madness through anime. I know. It's, That's awesome. it's really, it's really strange, but no, seriously, in the opening, they kind of do the nutty train, but people like 98% of people don't know that. <laughs> Scott, would you like to go next? Uh, yeah. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, Scott Stalkup. I'm a little bit of a displaced person right now also in academia but my uh, old university closed down due to financial incompetence and i got hired back at northern but uh down but anyways on to the question of how did i get into madness and um i'm having trouble figuring out what uh, came first here, the chicken or the egg, because it seemed like there was like a, a series of three things that happened, and I can't figure out the chronology of it. On one hand, I, at some point as, a, as an elementary school student, I had the Street Beat uh, KTEL compilation that had our house on there, but at the same time, that commercial for the Colgate pump was on there, which uh, used the music to baggy trousers. Two great tastes, maximum fluoride protection at your fingertips. So I'm trying to figure out, did those come first or was it just putting those two together after watching The Young Ones? Because you had the two appearances where they did Our House and House of Fun. And uh, so just through senility, I'll, I'll just go ahead and say that watching The Young Ones on, on MTV back when they were showing it on the, on the weekends, that's when I uh, first got on the nutty train uh, back in the mid 80s. Cool. And it's funny that you mentioned the young ones because this morning I was telling Polly I had an idea for uh, a podcast episode we could do about the young ones. And I, I have I have a little something up my sleeve when, when we're going to do that. So that's so cool. I love that show. Polly. Yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Want to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Molly and I live in Wellsville, New York, um, which is about 15 minutes away from the Pennsylvania um, new um new york line and i started getting into madness when i was when our house first came out in i think it was 1983 so um i saw the video for it i on friday night videos 
and I've been a fan ever since. Um, my sister and I both like the band, and and it's just a great <laughs> thing. Well, Molly, you were you were the one that was kind enough to introduce us to Hector Walker, who is yes. Suggs's cousin, who also had been a, a, a employee of the band for a long time. So thank you for yeah. that. He's that a was, good friend. He's a good friend of my sister's. So he's a he's a really nice guy too. Yeah, yeah. fantastic guy. Um, I'm going to ask everybody if uh, you've ever been lucky enough to see Madness live. If so, uh, you know, as many details, where, when, the whole bit. Let's start with Scott. Sadly, no, no, haven't had a chance to, uh, to see him live. Um, maybe someday. Okay. You know. I was very lucky to see Madness twice. Uh, first time in Chicago, 1983. Uh, and I was very lucky enough to see, to meet Suggs before the concert. And it was around the corner from the Aragon, uh, like in an alley, their tour bus was hanging out over there. Uh, me and my friend were just walking around the neighborhood waiting for the concert to start. And we'd see this huge bus, the tour bus, and we're, it was a magnet for us. So we just zoomed over there and he just happened to be outside the tour bus. And we said, hi, and we asked to get a picture with him. Nice guy too. Um, I thought he was going to be super nutty and everything, but he was, he was just a, a kind of subdued that day. So probably getting ready for the show. And so I and that so that was in 1983 in Chicago. And then I was lucky enough to see him or them again in 2019 uh, in London. And it was a huge production um, and a, a huge show. Three sellout shows at the Roundhouse, which is a fairly big venue in London. So and that was spectacular. Uh, Maria, was that the... Um part of the Sound of Madness tour? Uh, I, I know they had, it was, uh, uh, I believe it was promoting um, Our House. Uh, they had the four albums out at that time, the first four albums. So, uh, and they, they, they were playing uh, songs from each of those albums. I had to look up who was the opening act and it was ministry. And I thought it was going to be like one of the Chicago ska bands, um, heavy manners or ska pone at the time, but it wasn't. So it was um, ministry. That's so funny. Wow. I know what the ministry is. Wow. <laughs> no. But, I mean, well, was this, was this like in their with sympathy days though? I mean, I don't think they had gone like into like the hard industrial stuff until later or had they oh no uh, uh no it was the early stuff they only played about six or seven songs and they were they the um they were on and then off and then everybody was really there for madness we had we we had heard about ministry and we're like oh okay great uh but we were all there for madness Okay, so Megan, uh, do you want to chime in on having seen Madness or not having seen Madness? It's or pretty obvious, but uh, since I got into them in September, that's a no. I'm sad. They haven't been to uh, the Midwest in a long time, like Michigan. 
I see like back in 1980, they went to Detroit at the Punch and Judy Club. But obviously, I was negative 20 years old at the time. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's funny. And I was thinking about this, too, as everyone was introducing themselves that, uh, you know, once again, uh, with the exception of uh, Polly and Molly over there on the, on the East Coast, most of us are, are Midwesterners. And, and this has been a recurring theme that madness, for whatever reason, does not seem to know that the Midwest of the United States exists, right? They play California, they play Las Vegas, and now, you know, they're going to play New York and Boston. But what about, what about us? What about Chicago? What about Detroit? What about Indianapolis, right? Surprises me about Chicago, considering, you know, that's a rather big city. I'm just like, please, Madness, please come to Michigan. <laughs> me and my boyfriend want to see you so bad. <laughs> well, in, and that 1983 show that Maria mentioned at the Aragon, that's the last time that they played Chicago. Huh. You yeah. are so lucky to meet Suggs, let me tell you. I know. Let I, me tell you. I could have died right then and I'd be happy. It was very late in the discotheque. I was feeling blue, as I sometimes do. I turned around, it was time to go. A face in the crowd, a face I didn't know. We got to talking for a little while. You said it's not the sort of thing you usually do. Talking to strangers so late in the night these days you never know. How about you, Molly? Have you seen the boys live at all? Not yet. I'm hoping in next year when they come to Boston so my sister and I can both see them. That's going to be a, one of the best shows to see. The House yeah. of Blues is a pretty cool venue. A little different, but um, yeah, I'm sure that's going to... That's, Probably the show I'm looking the most forward to is the Boston one. What What is it like being a, a Madness fan in 2021 in the United States? Well, I think um, for me, it's like I mentioned Madness and they only, a lot of people just hear, have heard of our house. So I have to explain like um, that they have done other songs like you know, House of Fun and It Must Be Love. And and it's like when I play the songs to some of my friends, they're like, oh, I really like them. So I've gotten some of my friends into them. So, well, for me, it is quite interesting because I was into, a, I was really into a band before Madness called Sum 41. And no one really remembers Sum 41 either, except for like Fat Lip or In Too Deep. So here is me into another obscure, well, by American standards, band. And yeah, I, I do the same thing. Like, um, I, I talk to people and I ask, you know, if, you, if they've heard of them and they say no. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, like, what about our house in the middle of our street? And they're like, oh, yeah, that song. And I'm like, yes, that song. <laughs> But what's interesting is my dad, um, my dad was a big MTV watcher back in the day. So um, he, he knew more than just our house. He knew House of Fun. Like he still remembers how it goes. And um, he had a friend who was uh, pretty into ska back in the day. And she had a few Madness records. And he says he vaguely remembers hearing One Step Beyond the song. But yeah, like no one's heard of them, but it's just another day in the life of me liking another obscure band. 
I mean, I think that it's better now than it was back in the 80s or you know, even into the, like the early 90s when you would go look for the look for the albums in a record shop. Anybody remember those? Yeah, uh, they've got one in Bloomington left now. And I think after you had that, let me do the math here, what would be fourth wave? where you had the ska bands like uh, No Doubt and uh, the Boss Tones, and um, I'm sure I'm forgetting uh, some of them, but when they started citing the two-tone bands, that's when you started to see the back catalog becoming more available stateside. So for someone, especially with the internet being the way that it is now, it's easier to have access to it. I mean, there's still that unfamiliarity there until you actually start citing some of the songs beyond our house and people will go, oh yeah, that, because I remember hearing the cover of It Must Be Love in Kroger one day when I was doing shopping. Um, and weird to have that experience of hearing Suggs and the Frozen Foods. you half as much as I do and I never thought I'd feel this way the way I feel about you but um but it was uh but I, but I think you know due to just the either due to the fact that we're getting more in that we were getting more imports as those bands beginning begin to get the uh, the hat tip to them, and then uh, just the web being as it was and things being easier access. Uh, the the unfamiliarity is there, but the access is greater at this point compared to what it would have been back around the time the band disintegrated uh, around 1984 85 and into their reunion at Madstock in '92. So. I would like to jump in saying that uh, about the record stores now, like it's pretty hard to find any madness, anything like uh, me and my boyfriend, uh, shout out, he's going to be listening to this. Uh, we go to uh, the store, the store is called Second and Charles. Uh, there's a big one in Utica and a smaller one in um, uh, by, by the mall by Great Lakes. Um, I, I, every time I go there I ask a worker like hey do you have anything madness because like I always look but you're never you're never sure uh the lady looked them up and she's like sorry um we don't see anything by them in our database I'm like so you've never had anything madness and she's like nope and the other store like I can never find anything the only times I can find any madness records or cds are at the record stores that just have like everything like even like obscure bands like porcupine tree or something and that's where I tend to find them, if in small amounts. Um, Molly, did you have anything else that you wanted to add about being a Madness fan in the U.S.? It's just frustrating. Like, as Megan just said, it's hard to find anything Madness. Even if I go to Boston, um, if I go to any second record stores there, it's just hard to find anything madness related yeah and i'd like to uh, kind of piggyback off of something that megan and scott had talked about i suppose all of us have talked about now but um you know just the the difference kind of between um 
what sharing uh, might have meant in 1982 and what sharing really means uh, today with the internet age. Um, and so apologies to, to Megan, I don't want to do the old, old man Polly thing, but I think there was something uniquely um, nice and, and um, genuine about uh, lending your records to somebody um, compared to uh, here's where you can go to get the MP3 of this thing. Um, Maria, Maria is dying to say something. Yeah, uh, yeah, I I totally agree. Um, back in the early '80s, it was hey, listen to this mixtape of ska music. Uh, here's some madness specials, uh, selector, bo body snatchers, uh, English beat. Uh, listen to this. Uh, make a tape. Make a copy of it. Uh, something like that. And I was lucky enough to go to DePaul University uh, and right up the street was a fantastic uh, record store called Wax Tracks, which had a dedicated ska section. So, and it was great. Oh my gosh, Wax yeah. Tracks Records, that was the thing. So I, I'm maybe a little younger than you, Maria, but we used to take our, um, take the, the Metra into the city and it would be an all-day excursion, and we would just go to wax tracks and and get manic panic for our hair, and and get uh, you know whatever CDs were out. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and they had clothes, so uh, Scott T-shirts that you could get at the time, and uh, wear it and see what people were looking at, and they would look at the T-shirt and say, "What's that?" Yeah, I think you used to be able to send away to Wax Track, lit, like in the back of music magazines, there might be um, an advertisement for them. I think you used to be able to send away, they would send you then a small black and white like catalog of everything they had on the label. And you check off your little box, total the thing up, figure out the tax or something, mail it into them. And then they'd send it to you. Um, yeah, I must have gotten something. I think Ministry was actually on Wax Tracks, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, not my band where I got my early ministry. All right. Cool. Um, all right. So the next question I want to ask everybody is what is your favorite madness album? Hmm. Keep moving for me. Um, that has been one of my top favorites. Um, I remember when I first bought it, it was amazing with Wings of a Dove, Michael Caine, Sun in the Rain, and it's gotten me through so much um, tough times and it's just, I've been my favorite. What's your favorite Madness album? 
Yeah, I got to go with One Step Beyond because it's a, a classic two-tone uh, album. I, the One Step Beyond, Night Boat, uh, Baggy Trousers, all so good. And who doesn't love Chipmunks Are Go? Oh, yes, that's a great song. <laughs> okay, uh, Scott, how about you? I Honestly, uh, Wonderful was uh, the one that I really liked because it was them announcing, okay, yes, the, our statement of intent, we're back. And, you know, here, here we are. And real, and if, if there was that dancing around who was the, who was the, the uh, successor to Ray Davies, as far as the uh, really being the, the, you know, the voice of of of, of uh, English criticizing English society. Well, I think Madness pretty much decided we'll be taking that. Thank you very much, and that's what they did with Wonderful because um, you know and and Love Struck. You know, God, what a what a fantastic song! Just just absolutely wonderful. Not that the that the original phase wasn't brilliant. It's all fantastic, but that to me was just kind of like okay, they're back again. Life's going to be pretty good now. Staggering home, the headlights throw a shadow up and upon Friends and loved ones that have done no wrong But no longer mean anything to me Oh, am I mumbling on into a crystal glass that echoes a song The enticement invites you I think we should be giving out prizes for when people name drop the kinks. Scott may very well be like a twin, twin uh, long lost twin brother of mine. That's it. That's exactly how I feel about that. I guess right. I'm next. <laughs> uh, it's hard because uh, a little secret. I've only listened up to Mad Not Mad so far. <laughs> I was going to do like an album a month type of thing. Just, you know, space it out. Really soak in all of their music videos and live performances and all that. And also, just I know that after Mad Not Mad, Suggs doesn't sound the same as he used to, you know, because he, he got older. And of course, I like young Suggs because he was adorable. So it's going to be hard listening to anything post like Mad Not Mad or The Madness. But uh, for me, I would say right now, I would say absolutely. That one just has a bunch of banger tracks on it. Um, it's like between like light and fun and like some kind of like darker material. Like one of my favorite tracks off of there is Disappear. It has that like Motown, like Jackson 5 core sound to it. And then when I really listen to the lyrics, I'm like, this is about a murder, isn't it? <laughs> I was surprised by how dark it was. But yeah, so many good songs in there and they all get stuck in my head.
well, how about this? If you were recommending to a friend who'd never heard madness before, where would you recommend that they start in the madness catalog? Like what album, if you were trying to introduce this friend to madness? One well, step beyond. Uh, sure. Yeah, I said the same thing. I told my boyfriend to start with One Step Beyond because that was the only album I listened to at that point. But, you know, that's a good one. The uh, Stateside Geffen compilation from the 1980s. That was a really, really good one. Definitely. Or or the um, the one that I started with was the 97 compilation, um, Total Madness. And that was another American compilation. And that just turned me on to it and got me hooked. Cool. People might want to uh, listen to the EP Work, Rest, and Play for a beginner's talk about madness or beginner's listen to madness. That's always good. Yeah, that's a good suggestion. That's like Madness 101, Work, Rest, and Play EP. And that's actually, Polly, that was our first podcast episode. We did Work, Rest, and Play. That's right. We, we wanted to start out small and uh, see if we could figure out how to do a podcast. So yeah, that's what we chose first. How naive we were back then, huh? <laughs> we, we didn't know half of what we know now. We've been learning as we go. Yeah, I, I, I'm still not quite so certain I know what I'm doing, but you help out a lot. So thanks. Well, thank you. And, and you fake it really well. We 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 help try. <laughs> we help each other out. We right. We support each other. Um, does anybody have any particular like memories that you would associate with with any uh, madness song? I mean, like for example, when I hear "It Must Be Love," that was uh, the day that that Don and I got married. Um, the person that runs the uh, MTV, what was it like MTV nineteen eighty one to nineteen eighty nine. Facebook dedicated that song to us while we were walking down the aisle, which I thought was really cool. Um, but does anybody have a, a, a song that you associate with a particular memory, good or bad? I would say it must be love for me. Um, seeing them back in the day on solid gold, I remember them performing and they had these hats that they wore and they like bowed at the end and it spelled madness. And I still remember it. I can't find the clip on YouTube. I've looked everywhere. And if anybody can find it, that would be great. It, it, it was just one of my first real memories of that. And that's how I became, um, it must be love, one of my favorite songs. You, you know, I really want to say that. Yeah, Polly, you know who we need to put on the case? We need to put Donald on the case. I, I think you're right. Donald can uh, come up with that in a flash. Yeah. Mr. Uh, Weeze. Mr. Weeze? Mr. Weeze, do you know Mr. Weeze? Yeah, they're walking with Mr. Weeze. Oh, no. Uh, uh, no, I was talking. Also, yes, I get the connection. Uh, no, the, the guy that runs uh, Madness on TV. He has, like, logs of every single television appearance. And even has, like screenshots or like newspaper um scans of ones but he, is it, he, he always usually has had has links oh is that a website yeah or that's is... a website i'll go on right now and see if he has it oh cool thank you wow wow thanks i'm Megan. liking this 
I'm liking this. And and this is something too that, you know, those of us that have been listening to Madness for longer, we're a little envious of because, you know, we, now we can just hop onto the internet and find, you know, all these obscure clips and articles where it used to be if your record store didn't have it in the import section, you'd have to order it and you'd have to wait and you'd have to pay through the nose, right? Right. So while she's checking that, uh, anybody else have a, like a memory associated with a particular song that you might want to share? Yeah, I, I, um, I have a, a, a memory of, uh, in 1984, three friends and I went backpacking through Europe and we ended up in London and it was a trip where we would, uh, we would go from one country to another, to another another every couple of days and there was a different language there was a different currency and when we ended up in London for the couple of days we heard um bed and breakfast man playing on the radio and it was so our trip it's like we're trying to stay for for a couple of days maybe not paying too much money for one particular place trying to get some free food somewhere and that was like the our trip right there in a nutshell couch surfing yeah definitely the member of the band you would most like to meet and why I guess Lee Thompson for me because he's just seems so hysterically funny and down he did the when I saw the um concert a couple of weeks ago um the online it was just his comic really it was just he's so funny and I just really would love to meet him he's very talented Molly if you meet him before I do I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sad because he's I I really I I would love to meet him too he's um you know he, he he strikes me as somebody that's not pretentious at all you know what I mean he seems very genuine and that's what that's what I've heard from people who've met him so so I'm with you on that one Maria how about you Having already met Suggs, is there anybody from the band that, that you would like to meet? I, I think I got to go with Suggs again. Yeah, see the before and after. Uh, maybe have a beer with him at the Dublin Castle in London and just uh, just say hello and thanks for all the, the great music after all these years. Hello, good evening, and welcome. Off and down the high road, towards the crossroads, the where the sound is bagging me. Catchy little river theme music and rhyming that nasty town music. Rhythm. I suspect that uh, Megan would probably want to join you. Megan, is, is it accurate? Is, is Suggs <laughs> the one that you want to meet? 
Um, I would say him or Chas or Lee because my boyfriend and I um like like to I guess not really joke about him, but we talk about him quite a bit because he's so legendary. Like he's made some stories about him. That's a long story, but yeah, me and me and my boyfriend would meet Lee and we'd share the stories to him, and he'd be like, "What the hell?" Because <laughs> they're weird. <laughs> You know, you got me intrigued. We might have to pursue this a little bit further, but um, um, how about- I'm just going to say three words, explosive chicken pudding. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Where did you find her? <laughs> I think sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't. I think it's awesome. This is great. This is great. Um, Scott, how about you? What member of the band would you most like to meet and why? Yes. Chaz, you know, definitely would like to talk to old uh, Carl. Um, just think that, uh, j just listening to that to that commentary on the DVD that him and Barzo did, you just got to think that he'd be a brilliant conversationalist. And you know, if for no other reason, just to ask him, have you seen it on our house? It's over there, mate. <laughs> but uh, you know, and and actually, Scott, you and I had kind of chatted a little bit too online about how sad we are that Chaz is no longer with the band. It's like when Neville left specials, it's just something's gone. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, and I think his, his absence is really, really noticeable in the last, uh, last album, especially. Um, I hope he does come back. It just, it just doesn't feel right, you know? So uh, recently, we, uh, Madness has been making uh, the airwaves here in the US a lot. Uh, they're featured prominently on a few different sort of commercials. Um, they had an appearance on Jimmy Kimmel, and they also had uh, the Get Up. So if we could go through uh, with everybody here and, and uh, say if you've seen uh, any of the commercials, if you uh, happen to see them on G uh, Jimmy Kimmel, or if you watched the Get Up and what your thoughts were on it. Um, why don't we start with Molly? I definitely, yeah, I saw the get up. Um, it was great um, to see the boys and it was just phenomenal. And I am so dying to see them live now ever since I saw that. Um, and that Jimmy Kimmel thing was actually part of the get up because I think yeah. that was a scene from the get up. So, but it was just amazing the, the way they started with, the early scenes and um, the when they were quote unquote young and I love the them watching themselves you know perform and doing a riff of their performance and it was just really fantastic. It was very meta, wasn't it? Yeah, very meta. All right, um, Megan, how about you? All right. Um, I have yet to see the get up because um, I still haven't listened to their full discography, so I didn't want any spoilers because I like going in with just a blind eye. It's a lot of fun. Um, as for the commercials, I don't watch TV, but I think I saw the Maxwell House commercial back in the day. Maybe. Wait, that aired in America, right? At some point, I saw a commercial that our house was in. I mean, th that's in a lot of them, like that T-Mobile one that with the mashup with Jingle Bells. I I'm like, oh yeah, I do remember that one. 
Um, the Jimmy Kimmel thing, I I did see, I saw that on one of the Madness Facebook group pages and I'm just like, this is insane. Like never would I thought in 2021, would I see Jimmy Kimmel holding a Madness record? <laughs> I'm like, after seeing all these live performances from the eighties and stuff, just seeing one now has just been mind blowing to me. I saw uh, the the Kimmel performance and kept quoting uh, the Young Ones episode throughout the whole thing, uh, <laughs> but I'll have to go back and watch it again on YouTube. Uh, the only commercial I've seen has been for uh, um, I don't know can we, can we say Meyer without like you know uh, any any can we say that on the, okay all right well I did see that commercial but that's been it so far I haven't seen the Get Up yet Meyer. Maybe it was Hy-Vee. I get those two confused. Those are why I shopped at Northern. So it might have been Hy-Vee. Yeah. Okay. All right. And I guess that leaves Maria. Haven't seen the getup yet. Looking forward to it. Um, saw Madness on Jimmy Kimmel. That was great. They sounded fantastic and looked great. Uh, always interesting to... to um, uh, hear madness in commercials. It's like, hey, wait a minute. I know that background song and uh, sounds great. You know, speaking of commercials, and this is really reaching back a ways, but does anybody remember the Levi's commercial with It Must Be Love with the guy in the laundromat? I kind of remember. All right, I'm going to have to, I'll, I'll, I'll have to post it uh, later today. I'll post it. it, it I, saw it. I saw it. It's good. Yeah, it's it's as far as commercials go, it's good, and I think it's avoiding a lot of the the cliches. Because I mean, our house, let's face it, is kind of a cliche, right? I mean, they they're using it for athletic equipment now. They're using it, you know, but it's the one that Americans know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Give me a ring when they play "Rockin' in a Flat." If you had to pick a madness song, like WWE style, that when you walk into a room, this is going to be the theme song that plays for you, which madness song would you choose? Do I have to start calling on people? I think you might. Okay. Well, Maria looks like she has an answer. Yeah, I, I got to go with One Step Beyond, the classic uh, song slash album. And it is so two-tone. And anybody with, who knows me knows how much I love ska music. And it, it, would, it would have to be One Step Beyond. And... Um, with the saxophone blaring and just dancing all the way through it. One step beyond.
I would do. Uh, my boyfriend listened to that song for like an hour straight a couple of days ago. I don't. I don't know how he does it, man. Um, I would pick cardiac arrest because the beginning, when I walk into a room, people are gonna know that I'm there. Oh no, there's Megan. <laughs> it's like impending doom. <laughs> Mine would be Sun in the Rain because it's just the just bringing out like the sun is great, but the rain is also can be a positive thing. And it's just to me, it just brings out happiness, even if it's a rainy day. It can be happy. for introduction of walking into the room night boat to cairo i mean what 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 better in terms of bombast than that the 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 berry sax the drums hello actually thinking of doing a night boat to Cairo Halloween costume someday. I could get like a black um, t-shirt and pants and then maybe put a pyramid on the t-shirt and then try to construct a boat, but be all in black, like night boat to Cairo. Anyway, just a goofy thing because that song is fantastic too. Yeah, okay, so Maria, um, during the tour, we're going to be doing uh, fan get-togethers before the shows and you know if you've already got the idea for the costume you may as well just get it done before the New York show or that's right Boston. yeah Boston. I'm, I'm there all dressed up and ready to go <laughs> you know speaking of the upcoming tour next year so I know Molly you mentioned that you and your sister are going to be going to the Boston show anybody Hopefully. else okay anybody else planning on going to any of the uh, May or June shows 
I really wish. I really wish. <laughs> Scott or Maria? Not unless they play Chicago or Milwaukee. If they had a date there, I might consider it. But otherwise, no. Yeah, I, I'm looking into it. Uh, we'll have to see. Hopefully. Hopefully. You know, I, prior to Stateside Madness, I don't know if you guys are aware. So um, I had started a, a page many years ago on Facebook called Bring Madness to Riot Fest. Riot Fest being one of the major, major Midwest alternative music festivals. And that's here in Chicago. And oh my gosh, that would be a dream come true. So um, band management, it's not too late. Listen to what your fans are saying. We want you to come to the Midwest. We'd love for you to come to Chicago, maybe Detroit. Please, please, please. Uh, the 2019 Riot Fest, I saw Selector and they were fantastic. I am definitely familiar with Riot Fest because some 41 was there in 2018. Yep, I know what you're talking about. See, and this reaches across all age groups, doesn't it? it wouldn't it be funny though? Like people go there and they have no idea who Madness are and they look and they're like, they're on stage and they're thinking like, what are these old dudes doing on stage? <laughs> but that's like every band at Riot Fest. Though. Actually, I yeah, mean, that is yeah. true. Yeah, that is, is true now. Yeah, okay. No, you, you know, a few, few years ago with Iggy Pop and I was with, you know, my, my, my spouse and his sister and they're like, who's this old dude? And I'm like, okay, that oh. goes to show. That goes to show like how not many concerts I've been to at all. <laughs> Ray Gun Foo Fighters. Naked Ray Gun. go see Foo Fighters. No, I mean they Ray Gun opened up for uh, Foo Fighters in in uh, Indianapolis when they played there, and nobody, of course, nobody knew who they was unless you had the connection to the four seven and uh, yeah. and, and it just. Even even as sick as Jeff was at that time, they still blew they still blew Foo Fighters. Oh, Scott, you're muted, hon. Oh, I was done. I was oh, done. okay. I, it, 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 it muted mid sentence. It said they blew Foo, and then it muted. But you, you're saying they blew Foo Fighters off the stage, you know. And it's funny you should mention that. And Maria mentioned earlier fake IDs. My first ever concert was Naked Raygun. And I did use a fake ID to get in because it was an over 21 show. And, I'm sorry, over 18 show. Uh, and I hope to God my mom is not listening right now because <laughs> I, I'm going to have something to answer for when, uh, when we have a family gathering. So, All right, Lori, I think we've gotten very close to everything in the list of questions. Uh, do we want to open it up for any um just any last thoughts, any last comments? Um, and then we can probably get into one or two more questions. I know um, you guys talked about like madness coming to like Chicago and Michigan and all that, but they've always hit like the East Coast cities like Boston and New York, but it would be great to have them come to Buffalo or Rochester, which is closer to me. And it was just, it would be great if they could come to Western New York or Central New York or something like that. Absolutely. We want, we want a full-fledged tour here. None of this like two dates here, one date here stuff. I mean, maybe we're being greedy. I don't know, but I, I think, you know, 
we deserve a little more attention. All right, Lori, uh, what do you got? Any, you got anything to wrap up with? Um, just usually we, we conclude with asking everybody uh, if, the, if the band was listening, do you have a message for the band? Not that we're, they're necessarily listening, but they might be. I, I have it from a reliable source that one band member sometimes listens. So I would Subs, like please to respond to my letter. Thank you. <laughs> I would say um, Lee, keep on with the saxophone playing and please come to Western New York. Scott? Yeah, just, just one message uh, sorted out with Chaz because it's just not the same band without him. That's all. Amen to that. Yeah, having Suggs do the hey you thing, it's just, I don't know, it's weird. He tries. How about you, Maria? Yeah, just please come to Chicago. There's a lot of Fez-wearing fans here in Chicago that want to see you live. And it'd be a hell of a party too. For sure. Well, everybody, Scott, Maria, Megan, Molly, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come talk to us. Um, it's, it, it's been cool. It's really, it's nice to hear other fans' stories, other fans' perspectives, you know, and, and I think that it's important for people to realize, you know, that, hey, this, this band is here. They're quite influential, right? They've influenced a number of musicians, you know, Scott mentioned like the boss tones, no doubt. And they do have a fan base here. And, and we really hope that they will, you know, continue to release albums here, continue to tour here, grace us with some more tour dates. Am I missing anything, Polly? No, I think we're good. All right. All right, so uh, that concludes our excellent fan engagement episode. We'd like to thank all of our special guests again for, for coming and talking with us today. Um, so to, to talk about what we're going to be playing in our next episode, I'm so excited. Polly, you know how excited I am about this. I've been working on this for weeks. Um, we're going to do a two-part episode about the album, The Liberty of Norton Folgate. I am so stoked for this. How about you, Polly? Uh, yeah, very much so. Uh, we've talked about this, well, I suppose we've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast, but um, person to person, Lori and I have talked about it a great deal. Uh, it's a very significant album for Madness and very important to both Lori and myself. So we've got uh, way too much to talk about. So we know that we're going to do it in two episodes. Yeah, and I've been researching it and uh, um, putting together a lot of background information. It's going to be really cool. So we hope you'll tune in. That's going to be a two-part episode. Um, and to end this episode, uh, we kind of kicked around a few different ideas, but um, a lot of American fans don't realize that before, there was this, this time period after 2005 where um, we had the Dangerman sessions. And then Liberty Norton Folgate was 2009. They didn't have any um, albums released in that four-year period, but they did release a one-off single. And this was their first single on their new record label, which was called Lucky Seven. And we're going to learn a little bit about that when we talk about Norton Folgate. But so this is a single that was called Sorry. 
And there were a number of different versions released. Uh, there was one version that was uh, included a wrap with Sway and Baby Blue, which was actually kind of interesting. I thought it was, it was different. Um, but we're going to end this with the radio single version of Sorry. Um, again, this was a one-off single that Madness did in 2007. And I don't know that a lot of American fans have heard it. So um, please enjoy. And uh, we'll see you back in two weeks for the Liberty of Norton Fulgate. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, bye from me. And goodbye from me. Go get a beer, Stateside Madness. to leave.